Merry Flixmas to us. Welcome back to Christmas and Chill. I'm Katrina. I'm Algus. And today we're going to be covering the holiday calendar. Uh, Why don't we choose this movie, Algus? So I decided to watch it or to watch it along with you because based on the cover, you see that there's a girl on a mission. There's a girl on a mission and a new break for the Netflix holiday movies. There are people of color in a movie, which is really exciting and wonderful. Yeah, I think this is a step away from a white Christmas that we see in it's all It's been a of... very white Christmas on Netflix, yeah. and we are ready to mix it up. Not just on Netflix, but generally. Generally, too many white people, and we yep. want to see other perspectives. Absolutely. We're white people. We want to see what other people think. It's 2018, not 1958. No shade to White Christmas, though. Great movie. (laughs) (laughs) We'll cover that some other day. (laughs) Before we begin, uh, we'd like to introduce a new segment called Say What? So in this segment, I am going to count to three. And on the count of three... Katrina and I will both say the one word that comes to our mind when we think of this movie. So, without much ado, here we go. One, two, two three. three. Ornaments. So, I said ornaments. I said magic. Magic. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, go ahead. Let's roll right in. Before we get into the discussion, let's go with the synopsis. Abby Sutton is a creative photographer trapped in a less-than-fulfilling JCPenney portrait studio job. Her best friend from growing up, Josh, returns from a year and a half of globetrotting to their small-town home. Abby's grandpa, named Gramps, gives her an antique European advent calendar that had belonged to her grandmother. Each night at midnight, a new door magically opens to reveal an item that predicts the day's events. In these events, Abby meets and is wooed by Ty, the town's most eligible bachelor, putting Josh solidly in the friend zone. After many dates, Abby tells Ty about the calendar, which he completely writes off. Abby dumps Ty on the spot and has a conflict at her job with Josh. Abby accidentally puts her calendar in the school's auction in the middle of her depressed slump after all these events. An anonymous buyer gets the calendar Abby goes into a panic, but Gramps assures her that it will return. The calendar does return, along with Josh and her own photo studio. Josh and Abby are in love. The end. Another great synopsis. Thank you for the description of the movie. Now we can dive into some of the topics that we see. Some of the details. Opening scene, small town, no longer big city. I know, this is our first small town start. Yeah, and some and listeners some listeners of the show might think that I have a beef against this, but no. I think the opening is great. The yeah. town is lovely. Everybody looks happy. It's busy. Everybody's ready for Christmas. Very diverse small town as well, to note. Absolutely. It represents America's rich tapestry. Yes, it does. And I like that. And yeah. uh, also, it has America carolers, not no people English dressed carolers. in Victorian English clothing. Yeah, these people were notably just like modern day Americans yeah, singing They're not Christmas dressed carols. in costume. It's not Halloween, it's Christmas, guys. Right. This town knows what's up. So we open on Abby, who's a Christmas photographer at, like I said, it's sort of like a JCPenney portrait studio. It's just like where everybody goes to get a picture in front of a Christmas backdrop. And as she's chewing another person in line, it turns out, surprise, it's her best friend Josh. Well, about this photography scene, it showed the silliness of Christmas, how people want to present a perfect version of themselves, Mm -hmm. but photography doesn't always capture that. It sometimes captures a little bit more realistic moments. Mm -hmm. And so it shows the value of photography in showing who people really are. 
I yeah, I like the part where the old man was trying to get his dog to sit in the chair. Right, and it's really it silly. Cute. But then yeah. we pan out and then realize the person taking these pictures, she's not fulfilled by this type of. She's job. dead inside. Yeah, she's dead inside. <laughs> Even though she's still able to ca- able to capture the personality of all these people, she's still unhappy. It's not lighting the fire for her, and we need to find something else for her. So Josh is back. Josh is back. He's here. Surprise, surprise. He's been um, globe trotting. He's had a travel blog, which she notably does not read. Boom, boom, boom. Her boss comes up and mentions that the Santa Village starts tomorrow. Before we really get into the rest of the movie, I just want to discuss a little bit about this boss. Yeah, Mr. Singh. I can't nail down what he's like as a person because sometimes he's playing like the supportive parent role. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's just playing the stingy boss, mm-hmm. the miserly boss role. Yep, Mr. Scrooge. Uh, and it's just very inconsistent. It's also kind of silly at the same time. Yeah, he's like all over the place. Yeah. So hard character to nail down. But Josh is easy to nail down. He's very temperamental, I guess, the boss. She's unhappy, but she meets Josh, uh, and then she goes home to her parents' house. And Josh comes too because he's so tight with her fam. Yep, he goes and eats cookies. Yep, he's a big cookie eater. And everybody's happy to see Josh. They're happy to see, uh, what's this main character's name? Abby. Abby. So we really didn't know this until about halfway through the movie. Well, I had to Google it because I felt like we'd gone too long without really knowing her name. Yeah. For me, that's not unusual because I don't really notice people's names in movies or books or anything like that. But here, Katrina also knows. She's like, what's what's her name? I'm like, I don't know. If you don't know, it must be really bad. <laughs> so they don't really uh, say her name. Maybe they do, and I just missed it. But they only say it like once if they do. All right, so it's Abby. It's Abby. Yeah. Abby. A-B-B-I-E-Y. Abby. Uh, <laughs> I think it's A-B-B-Y, according to IMDb. But, okay. Yeah. Why well, I, I don't read, so what do I know? You just spell. You don't read. <laughs> we realize that the parents are loaded. Yeah, dude, their house is sprawling. And the yard. and But they work hard. The, the dad's a lawyer. I think they're both lawyers, maybe? It's like the family law firm. Power couple are. They're the ones who mm-hmm. sued the town and got all the money. <laughs> yeah, they're the ambulance chasers or something. Whatever they did. Know. Something that they're not down with is photography as a career choice for Correct. their daughter. Because yeah. their other daughter is like the principal of a school. No, she works at the law firm. She's the head of the PTA. That's where you got confused. Right. Okay. I knew she was a prominent position with a school. Right. But she does work for the family business at the law firm. Okay. So she's a go-getter. Abby is also a go-getter, but not in any way that... She's an artist. She's an artist. That's not as tangible for a lot of people. Starving artist, and the parents just don't get it. Nope. They say, no, Abby, any day you want to join the law firm, That's like one of the first things they say. Yeah. They're not like, Merry Christmas, we love you. They're like, hey, this is how you disappointed us. This could almost be a Festivus movie. Yeah, airing of the grievances. <laughs> right. You go right to the grievances. Oh, Festivus is soon. Yeah. Yeah, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. If it's December 23rd, it's Festivus. So then she comes and talks with her grandpa. The grandpa from This Is Us. I didn't check IMDb. I've only watched This Is Us like twice, but I'm pretty sure that's who it is. So big time emotional pull for a lot of people. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's got that grandfatherly nature to him. And a really cool earring. He's got a cool earring. Of course, there's a dead relative. Grandma is dead. Grandma's dead, yep. But the approach to the death relative is different from any other movie, where it's almost like you celebrate the person's life instead of like, oh, this is a tragic way that this person has left my well, life. I mean, we all expect grandmas to die. Well, yeah, you know, they do it, at some it's point. It's definitely a sad thing, but they really celebrate grandma with her passing. The grandma, her, one of her wishes during life was for Abby to have this count because 
grandma was a kindred spirit. Yeah, so how they got the calendar, I guess. So grandma and Gramps, I guess he was stationed in France with the military and she was doing something in France. I I don't know if she was in the military as well. But they bumped into each other in the Louvre, I think, was the deal. Yeah, it was the Louvre. And she had recently acquired the calendar and she felt that the calendar brought them together. The calendar already has brought people together. The expectations are high. She really wanted Abby to have it, not her sister. Her sister's already like married with kids Mm -hmm. and grandma wanted Abby to have it. But Abby can't settle down. Because Abby chose an alternative path. That's what it was. Something that we could probably put a pin in is my conspiracy theory that grandpa is just orchestrating this whole thing. Oh, entirely possible. But still, how does the calendar open? We haven't even gotten there yet. I think the doctor can explain it later. Let's put a pin in it. I don't like it. So uh, we get to know Josh a little bit better. He's like so cute and so fun and the family loves him and... He says he came back to town because he's ready to settle down. Yep. And she keeps talking about how he's got girlfriends all over the globe, and he just kind of like shrugs her off. Because mm-hmm. what she's not seeing is that he came back, right. not just to come back. He came back for ya, baby girl. Something that Josh could do better at is flirting. Yeah, he, he doesn't have much game. Yeah, there's a reason why he gets stuck, he in, gets the stuck in the friend zone. It's because he's very friendly. Yeah. He's never romantic. Yeah, I want to be his friend. He's cool. One of the big marriage goals is to be good friends, but romance is important too. And Josh needed to turn on that romance a little bit. Well, it's also, that's an interesting line to cross. I mean, they've been friends for like 20 years. Right. And it's really putting it all on the line. You don't want to ruin your friendship. Absolutely. that's the debate of the friend zone, right? All down to it. Maybe Josh is conspiring with Grandpa to use this calendar to turn on some I don't dig this conspiracy theory. I think it's 100% magic. Well, anyway. How does that explain Ty? Grandpa didn't hire Ty. I can explain that later. Okay, we'll get there. So Abby has, she's like, oh, well, before I drive you home, let's stop. I want to show you this thing. And she shows them an empty storefront and how she wants to open like an artist center or just like a art center for the the region. Yeah, she is tired of the starving artist life and doesn't want to work for dad. So we're seeing this tension of following your dreams versus settling. Yeah. That's a big theme in this movie mm-hmm. is what do you need to do? And what do you need to do? That's a tough question to answer. So we go home to her super cool loft apartment. Yeah, for a starving artist. I don't think she's starving. She said the other job pays the bills. It just doesn't fulfill her. Those are pretty good bills. Yeah. Well, maybe in a small town it doesn't cost that much to have a super cool apartment. Maybe I need to move to a small town. I mean, I think things are cheaper in small towns at, in certain sit- states, maybe. Hmm, that's if an they're idea. in like Alabama or something. Hmm. So they examine the calendar and they're like, oh, it's broken because none of the doors work. Yeah, they can't pull any of the doors open. So they're like, ah, it's stupid. So they have all this cute banter. And, you know, Josh, he keeps lifting her up and encouraging her, which mm-hmm. is really nice. He sees her photography and her apartment and he thinks it's really special well he's the one who encouraged her to go into photography they go to bed and the calendar lights up no he leaves right she takes him home he's not there the first night that's great and then she's ready for 24 days of holiday hell <laughs> that's what she says when she looks oh at that's the calendar. right yeah, yeah because the santa's village starts yeah she's not looking forward to taking pictures of kids peeing on santa and the one kid straight will get there i think actually very shortly so day one is boots. That's what comes out of the calendar. Well, the calendar, just a door opens at midnight. Yeah. It lights up and then a door flings open. Yep. And there's and little boots in there. And there's so much magic and I think that's really nice. You need magic in a Christmas movie. Yeah. That's what makes it. And this is soaked with magic. Okay. So she's taking pictures at the elf stand. They And unfortunately, she's the only worker because all the college students get paid more at the Christmas train. So they all left. <laughs> And what's funny about the direction of this part of the movie is that 
all the workers look really hectic. Yeah. But they're not really wrangling anybody. They just look frazzled. Yeah. I don't... I've never worked a Santa line, but I can't imagine it would be I didn't be see a long. line, though. That's the thing. Yeah. You don't see anybody to wrangle. Or well, until start. you see the child who looks like he straight up ate turds. Yeah, he had a... Um, <laughs> it was probably supposed to be chocolate, but they really overdid it, so it looked it, like he ate poop. It was a poop goatee. <laughs> but Abby calls Josh and says, we're busy. Can you come down here? And Josh is like, sure. And I'm going to bring... Fernando. Fernando. So, yeah, his roommate is Fernando. She thinks that he's poor because he's just gotten back from traveling the world, so she thinks he must be broke if he came back here. And he's also living with a friend instead of getting his own place, so she assumes he has, like, no money. So she's like, oh, he needs a job anyway. I'll have him come be a Christmas elf with me. Oh, I never made the connection that he's actually getting paid for this. I thought Josh is just being, like... No, I think he is hired by saying, kid who ate poop <laughs> goes um, And then after their shift, uh, they go to a cafe. And Josh and, is like, here are these shoes I got you from Italy. Yeah, like in his globetrotting, he bought her shoes and took them with him around the world. Because he remembered that Abby always had like duct tape shoes. He also is deep enough friends with her to know her shoe size. Like that's, I mean, I know my very best friend's shoe size, but mm-hmm. I don't know everybody's shoe size. That's a lot. Day two, door pops open. Tree. Christmas tree. Also, we get a confusing moment where we thought Fernando was gay and all of a sudden he acts like he's straight. Small town thing. It could, yeah, it could be small town. He's also of some sort of Latino descent. So I don't know if he's just like the author stacked against me. I can't. I don't know. I can't put I don't myself know the dynamics. Yeah, I don't know the dynamics of the situation. But he does mention that they're doing a showing of the movie A Christmas Story and he wants to dress up in costumes, the three of them, Abby, Josh, and Fernando, and go and he says he must be the leg lamp because that's his usual costume. So that is planted to be important later, basically. And then Abby's driving home. Abby's driving home from work. And some jerk face turns around a corner and a tree falls from the car onto Abby's car. Yep, she runs over his Christmas tree because he had improperly fastened it to his car. He's a very sexy rich guy because he's got a very fancy car. And she quickly runs out and yells at him, but the yelling quickly turns to flirting. It's like really hot banter and they're like so enchanted. It's the perfect romantic movie meet cute. Like, they've got at all. I'm surprised he didn't get her number right there. I know. For all the game they had, yeah. neither of them... Yeah. Later we find out this guy's got big game. At every turn he has game. Yeah. Except for right here when he should have gotten her number. I think there's another time he should have gotten her number, right? I don't know. But he didn't get her number. He doesn't get her number and they move on. Day three. Nutcracker. There's a nutcracker in the calendar. Uh, so she meets with Gramps before her shift in the morning and uh, she's asking questions about the calendar because it's getting pretty weird that these doors are popping open at midnight. And kind of predicting what's going to happen. And so far, we're two for two as far as things being predicting. And Grandpa said that Grandma turned from a heartless Christmas hater to a Christmas lover. Ooh. All because of that calendar. This calendar transformed somebody, melted their icy heart. Yeah. It's about to do that, too, because Abby, at this point, does not like Christmas. No, she doesn't, because it's usually just a time where she has to work really hard, but not for very much joy. And, I, you know, I feel. So he reminds her that that night is the Christmas pageant for their his granddaughter, her niece, her sister's kid. And she's like, oh, man, can't miss that. So we cut to right after her shift where she goes to the pageant. And here uh, we see a big statement from the makers of this movie against smartphone photography. Well, it's just Gramps. Not just Gramps. I noticed this before Gramps said, like, they 
they set up the shots where they're showing everybody from their seat with a smartphone. Like, yeah. it's almost comical. But then you see Abby going in for the good angles, and she's getting the good artistic angles. Right. And it shows you the value of good photography versus just, oh, this is, I just need to, just need to capture my, my daughter. Well, here's the thing. If you are a parent, which we haven't had to deal with this yet because our child has not had any performances that we need to record. You want to make sure you get your kid, and the photographer is not interested in your kid. She's interested in all the kids and whoever showboats. So either your smartphone photography lets you capture your kid. Right, But if but you could also just be in the moment. You could also be in the moment. And I think there's a real statement there is that some people are shutterbugs, are good at capturing those moments, mm-hmm. and other people just feel an impulse to film everything. I guess that's what we do as a society. That's, man, we could we could do another episode about that. I, let's not. That sounds awful. The show ends, and oh my god, it's Ty, the guy with the tree. So Abby goes over to talk to him, and he's suave as hell, and then her sister informs her that that's the school's most eligible bachelor, and that the moms wear their nice yoga pants to the car line when they think they might get a load of him. Ooh. I know. Hot stuff, baby. Side note, I looked him up because he looked really familiar. He wasn't 10 Things I Hate About You. But he's also Gregory Peck's grandson, which is that's some pretty strong star lineage right there. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact about Ty. There's definitely palpable sexual tension in this scene. Like, their banter is... It gets right a, to the point. It's like, got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. But yet he still doesn't ask her out. He yeah. He could have. He could have. He totally could have. Like, you've seen each other twice now, you could ask her out. And you know that she wants you. So anyway, she gets super weirded out because his daughter is dressed as a nutcracker, fulfilling that day's calendar. But what she's not weirded out by is the fact that he has a daughter. Well, I mean, small town Slim Pickens, homie. I know, but... That looks good. But I was looking for the reaction of like, oh, you have a kid? But there was none of that. It was just an acceptance of like, this guy is still on the market. I think it's just like once you get to a certain age, there might be kids in the picture. If I, as a parent, go to a kid's event Uh and somebody is very nice to me, and then they would assume, do they assume that I'm attached or that I'm single? I think they would assume you're attached. But she's told that he's the most eligible bachelor. That was after they brought up the kid. Well, she could have just been bantering with him. Do you think maybe that's why he didn't ask her out, though, because he was, like, with his kid? Possibly. I mean, that's fair. I think that's fine. So anyway, she invites Josh over because she's super freaked out because it's day three. Every day, the thing in the calendar has come true. And she comes up, he comes up, and she's like, my calendar's haunted. <laughs> pretty funny <laughs> like she's really freaking out um so he's like whatever let's just wait up and he asks her if she's drunk but she doesn't look drunk no she doesn't look drunk she is acting funny though but it's not like drunk funny not just like acting funny yeah i think they just you know alcohol jokes are funny for some but she tells him about ty and he's pretty jealous he hides it decently well but like you can tell he's jealous and she just totally blows past it because she's like whatever he's my best friend he's like well okay if the calendar's haunted it's gonna open at midnight i'll wait up with you so they wait up except they both fall asleep before midnight she falls asleep on his shoulder it's like the classic jim and pam shoulder sleep it's kicked off their romance and in the morning josh looks at her and kind of plays with her hair mm-hmm. and how they wake up she, entangled. she doesn't see that as a sign at all well, i don't think she knows really She's not fully awake at that time. But anyway, they miss the door opening. And he's like, I'm going to get up and get a glass of water. And he's like, by the way, the door is open. And she's like, ha ha, funny. No, no, it really is open. And it's candy cane. It's candy cane. Day four. So what happens with the candy cane, August? Well, they're at the Christmas village taking pictures. Uh-huh. And there is a kid who's a little jerk. Total jerk. Total jerk. And he gets out of hand and crashes into the candy canes. And then when Abby wants to catch the candy canes, she falls over. And then... 
pretty much like her. Well, she tries to save someone. There's a guy standing off to the side texting. They set him up pretty early in the scene. They set up this guy who's like, you know, off to the side texting. Abby gets injured because because of candy cane dominoes. And they're like, you better go to the clinic. And her boss is very compassionate. Like, I can't have a candy cane injury on my conscience. Josh takes over for the photography. She goes to the clinic. Which they go to the clinic. But then Fernando, he talks to Josh. And knows that Josh has feelings for mm-hmm. her. Well, they're roommates, you know. And Fernando says the friend zone sucks. So they outright say it. He's been friend zoned. He's been friend zoned. He wanted more, he got less. If you didn't get all the hints up until now, the movie is like friend zone. Here's where we're at. But the doctor, he is suave AF. Guess who the doctor is? It's Ty. It's Ty. He's got a quick wit and knows how to ask her out finally. Yeah, he writes his name on a prescription, his number on a prescription pad. He's a nice, humble clinician. He's not a surgeon like his parents. Like his parents and his brothers. He just... Ah, he's got a complex for sure. Yep. <laughs> you can smell that on his breath. So they find... But anyway, he asks her out to Santa's village. He's like, nothing that a ibuprofen and a drink won't fix. And she's like, doctor's recommending I drink? And he's like, I'm asking you out. Boom. Boom. You're going to go on a date. And then she's like, of course. She asks Josh, can I leave my shift early later on so I can put on my makeup? Josh reluctantly says yes. That's when the friend zone comment comes out, I think. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, like... It's date time, he meets her at the Christmas Village, and Ty is so suave. Like, it is unbelievable how smooth this guy is. And they end up going out on a date for hot chocolate. She thought it was going to be for alcoholic drinks, but he's like, I just want to get to know you. Funny thing, though, he doesn't. Get into that later. Day five. Did we talk about the kiss? Oh, yeah, at the end of the date. At the end of the day, he says, I wanted to kiss you all night. And she was like, I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah, that was like the perfect line. It's like, why didn't I ever think of saying that? I don't know. So many missed opportunities in life. Maybe one day you can surprise me by being Ty. (laughs) Saying, I wanted to kiss you all night, you'll be like, your breath is bad. (laughs) 99% chance of that being accurate. (laughs) <laughs> the breath being bad, but of it being ruined. <laughs> Josh uh, sees them kissing. Oh, yeah, he walks right up. It's the classic sneak and up. And this is where I'm thinking, Josh, you just need to be more assertive. Yeah, like... Like, you got out Oh, alpha. like you were good at that. It's easy to criticize from the side, so that's okay, what I'm doing. Sure. I'm on the side, therefore I'm All criticizing. All right, I'm just saying. Jo- this is Josh missing out, because Josh someone is else out. is more alpha. The guy goes for what he wants, and Josh does not. The next day is when the writing department had to make up for the prop department. Okay. The calendar opens. Uh-huh. Uh, and there is a little dough. Nope. We forgot the ice skate. Day five is the ice skate. They go ice skating. All right. Another date. So they just show Day these. six is the reindeer horse you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the ice skating, there's nothing special about that. Uh, it's just another date. I mean, they're really cute together, I see. They're really cute. They're it's just, a montage They're just kind of setting up how cute they are. Yeah. But next day, the door opens, and it's a doe, like a baby deer. Baby deer. And she's like, oh, it's a horse. It's definitely not a horse. It's not a I horse. I wrote down reindeer, and then I was like, wait, where was the reindeer but in she that said, scene? No, she said horse. To, to clarify, <laughs> the prop department could not find a They couldn't horse. make a clay horse. They couldn't paint the doe so it looked like a horse. No, they even put like the spots on it like it's a baby doe. <laughs> a doe is a baby. No, a doe is the woman. Oh. A fawn is the baby. Fawn is the baby. What's up? So we're Deer learning, facts. Hashtag deer facts. <laughs> we're learning a little bit about deer biology here. Yeah, because I'm from West Virginia and I know <laughs> all these things. It was not a 10-point book. Day 7, carolers, they're on a date. Carolers walk by. Of course they do. This is just a quick montage of how many dates they have. Mm-hmm. They go out a lot. 
Uh, day 14 is a wreath. Ty gets her this ginormous wreath that is way oversized for the apartment she has. She goes to see Gramps, and he's just super sagely. He's a, the best wingman ever for Josh. Like, he really is. He's pulling for Josh during this scene. Yeah, Josh walks up, and he's like, I can't believe you haven't gotten together with him yet. And she's like, really? Grandpa knows who's a good guy. And she was saying how they're all the dates with Ty and they're so nice. And she's kind of like leaving something unsaid. He goes, and overwhelming. And she's like, yeah. Here's what Grandpa says. People can show you what you want to see, but it's how they make you feel that counts. Mm. So Grandpa just like laying down the hammer of like, this guy might be charming and nice, but... He might tick all the boxes, but does he tick your box? He'll do more than tick that box. Except he doesn't. Bummer. So she's at the homeless shelter with Ty because he's like showing off how, what a good person he he's is. He's like, I need to do this all the time. Man. Well, he's like, we're going on a date. I'm not telling you where we're going or what time you'll be back, even though I know you have something going on later tonight, which is really rude. It is rude. But it's, of course, forgivable because he takes her to the homeless shelter to yeah. feed them. And I think that's his strategy of hanging it over her head. Yeah, he's like, but it's a good thing to do. Yeah, so like, of course you're going to be here the entire time that I make you stay here because it's good. So this is what I like about this movie. The fact that there are so many people who do charity just for show, and this movie points it out. Yeah, Christmas Inheritance is like the inverse of this. Yeah, Christmas Inheritance is like, if you take the box of charity, you're a good person. In this movie... It's like, it's more nuanced than that, baby girl. It is more nuanced. You got to do it from the heart. Yeah. And you got to make And he does it to show off. And so these homeless people, I don't know if they're homeless, but they're uh, people who are... People who go to a... People who go to the soup kitchen. Whatever their circumstances are. Yeah. Uh, Anybody can go to a soup kitchen. Yep. No Uh, shame. No shame at all. So these are just a couple of old friends who are talking, and then uh, Abby's like, can I take a picture of you guys? Which I love her photography bedside manner. Yeah, her consent is like... Great. Yeah, can I take a picture of you guys? And then they start. She's talking. not just like opportunistically taking pictures of people who need charity. She's not a paparazzo. She is just a great photographer who wants to get to know her subjects. Yeah. So she starts talking to them. And they're like, "Oh, are are you just here to get volunteer hours?" Ha ha ha. Again, another she's like another stab at people who are just like tick boxes. Yeah. Charity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. And she's like, "No, I'm here with that guy." And they're like, "Ugh, uh, that guy." We've seen him before. Like, you're not the first lady he's brought around here. So that's uncomfortable. So she realizes he's not what he seems. And then she's like, he's like, hey, you want to go grab a bite? And she's like, well, I actually was supposed to do this thing with my friends. And And she's too late for it. And it's sold out. And she can't get in. She can't get in. But then this is where the guy is a total jerk and says, like, well, you're at least doing something that matters or something like that. Yeah, he's a total dweeb at this point. So it's already coming to a close. And then the nail in the coffin is he he goes back to her place. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at her photography and he's like, oh, you're so talented. <laughs> he's basically just like buttering her up so he can sleep with her. And she's not having it. She's like, let me tell you about this calendar. Because she's like giving one last effort to be like, check out this cool thing that's been important in my life for the last 15 days. Well, she wants to see that he can listen to her and know who she is as a person. And so and so far he hasn't really done that. They've been on a ton of dates, but they don't know each other. And she's been trying. And she now wants- she gives one final push. She's like, hey, this is my calendar. And Ty's like, well, that's stupid. I don't believe in magic. None of this is real. Your grandpa is delusional. But I'm kind of with the guy. Nope, 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 nope. So he basically (laughs) says that the calendar is not magical. You're basically just projecting meaning onto coincidences with things on here. Which later the movie kind of proves his point. Okay, well, I want to pin in that. Put a pin in it. I'm not liking this conspiracy theory. I believe in the magic. There's possibly magic, but but later on it shows that 
It's how you perceive the world. I don't like it. So anyway, they're not right for each other. F that guy. Get him out of your apartment. He, She's like, well, what do you even know about me? He's like, that you're beautiful and talented. She's like, seriously, that's it? Like, yeah, it's pretty lame for somebody who's suave. Who's been one. taking you out for like a week and a half. Solid. Now we know why he's single. No, that's not a very nice thing to say. Well, because he won't actually become intimate with anybody. Not intimate in the biblical sense, but like he won't actually get to know somebody. He's just all surface and show, which is apparent by his stupid car. The next day, this is awesome. Josh plays it so cool when she's like i broke up with ty <laughs> and you can tell josh is pretty happy on the inside he's pretty thrilled but he like is like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> like the are you okay but yes yeah here's where the plot starts to get this is my my biggest beef with this movie happens in the next little segment yeah. so this is where the movie kind of jumps the shark it like trips over itself a little bit like it was going great yeah. like i was pretty I, happy i was proud of abby for dumping that idiot guy yeah so many good things going for this movie and then all of a sudden the, just weird plot tie-ins so she's taking pictures at the christmas village and, and all of a sudden they're like oh no the mayor is here and her photographer's out with the flu. As if a mayor of a small town has an official photographer? Yeah, this mayor, I feel, is just like... she acts a big, She's a showboat. She's bigger than she needs to be. Uh, and her boss is just suddenly kind of a mentor. Yeah, he's and, like, this is your big break, Abby. They yeah. need you to take the photos. And while she's saying, like, I took your photos, she gets to tell her about her photography, which is of the town. And she's like, well, I need some new images for my office. Send it over to my assistant. Mm -hmm. This lady is way important for a mayor of a small town. Yeah. Small town mayors don't act like this. Maybe this lady's Maybe inflated it's a power sense town. of self. This yeah. is like a super nice area. And they need somebody who's just a powerful woman. To Maybe it's like a nice little postcard town. And they just, they do have a lot to show. It's like a 1% town. So as she's away chatting up the mayor, she leaves her camera with Josh. Her camera with hey, can the, you upload these things with the photo card? And Josh, yeah. who supposedly is like the world photographer, accidentally just deletes all the photos. <laughs> That makes me so upset. And then the boss fires her for it. Well, because she owned up to it. She didn't say, she didn't throw Josh under the bus. She was a grown-up and was like, I deleted these photos. Why does the boss care about the photos? Is it, it was taken on his camera so he'll own them? I think that he had a lot of paying customers who paid for pictures. And they're all saved on the camera. And they're all saved on the same camera then? Yeah, he okay. still needs to print them out. So he's angry about that and he fires her. He doesn't take any effort to empathize. He also is just like, you deleted it. You are fired. It was yeah. very like cut and dry. Yeah. So he goes all the way from being a mentor to just like. Total somebody... crash and burn. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to pin down this boss. And the fact that like Josh did it. She didn't mention that because she's probably like. He's got some pride. Or just like she doesn't want to throw her friend under the bus, you know? She but Josh to... could have immediately like. She hyper took responsibility where he really failed to take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh is almost, de he is defensive of like, well, what's, what's the big deal? Like, uh, you're, you just lost your friend her job and you're not helping correct it right, right, right now. Like you could be helping. And you're, and you're being very defensive about it. This is where Josh... He's like, I would never do anything to hurt you. And it's like... You just hurt her. Though. And she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm still angry. And I was with her on this. It yeah, seemed... I, was with, I was with her as well. Like, he was just Josh... like, it's normal fault. And it's like, but it is your fault. <laughs> you did. Yeah, it, it, Josh, I guess, is just one of those free-spirited people who doesn't see the big deal. But sometimes you need to run towards the fire and put it out. Yeah. And he... Did not do that. He backed down. I didn't like it. He started the fire. And it was out of character for him. It didn't make sense. 
The whole yeah. thing is just like kind of far-fetched. It's not far-fetched. It could happen. It's a little questionable. This is the part of the movie that's the shakiest. Yeah. So day 18, she's solidly in her downward spiral, eating the ice cream, eating the Cheetos, watching the Netflix. Here's our second movie with the Netflix inception in it. She flips it on. They show Christmas Prince as the leading title. She ends up watching Christmas Inheritance, though. That's a good movie to watch when you're depressed. Yeah. And it has four stars, I noticed. I'm like, Netflix, it is your movie and you cannot give it. You cannot fake give it five stars in your little fake app that this person's using. Are you kidding me? Not even four and a half. You gave it a solid four. I think they're they're honest that it's not a perfect movie. It's not. Christmas Prince, though, five stars. What up? So she's in a downward spiral. Day 20. Oh, and her sister comes over. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you smell bad. And she's like, you smell like Cheetos in parts. But Abby doesn't look that disheveled. She for looks somebody. pretty good for a downward spiral. Oh, that's a movie. Movie magic. But they didn't do like the dramatic like mascara tears running down the face or any which i appreciate that's fine whatever she's making herself feel better her sister comes over and says i need you to come do this thing for corinne is the name of the niece she's like she idolizes you she idolizes you she really wants you to be here for this thing at the school i need you to be here get your life together you're fine which good pep talk from sis so day 20 she does get her life together she puts all the trash away and but unfortunately when she goes outside she notices that the storefront she always wanted is rented they get to the auction the auction's going great the parents suddenly love the art they realize like that her pictures are making everybody happy and that's not something you can do as a lawyer every day they they are realizing that maybe their daughter is exceeding she's a joy bringer yeah she's a joy bringer and that's to be celebrated yep not just chasing ambulances making a lot of assumptions about the variety of attorneys that we have no i I feel like the, the parents are having like a moment of conscience of like look at this person bringing joy to the world and there's We've undervalued her. Yeah, Yeah. we've undervalued her. Yeah, which is nice. One little blip at the beginning of the auction is her sister's trying to show off how cool she is with the PTA, so she gets another mom to go clear out Abby's car. Is it a mom or a student? I think it was supposed to be a mom because it was implying that, like... She looked pretty young. She did, but, like, young moms. Moms come in all shapes, sizes, and ages. So she sends this girl down to the car to get it out, and... Or a woman. Not a girl, not yet a woman. It's probably where we're at right now. She gets the stuff out of the car, but unfortunately, Abby's put the advent calendar in the back of the car in one of her moments of frustration. I don't know where she was going to take it. Was she going to return it to Gramps or whatever? It ends up in the auction, and she realizes that it's gone from in the back of her car and but anonymous buyer has purchased it and they cannot figure out who did it but good night for abby's career overall um, but she's wondering where's josh like i haven't well because josh hasn't they had so, like a couple of unanswered texts on both sides yeah, and then she calls fernando because because they got a house phone of fernando's fernando is crying watching christmas inheritance he is i all I almost cried when I watched it, but for different <laughs> reasons, because I did not think he was very good. Fernando's adorable, and I Fernando's love Fernando's adorable. Yeah. He can enjoy that movie. He can. And he was like, he had one. His jokes are funny. Fernando's a great comic relief in this movie. You'll just have to watch and enjoy it for yourself, because I don't want to butcher it. She's talking to him, he's like, where's Josh? And Fernando's like, oh, I don't know. He's either in Florida. Or on a date. Or on a date, because he's got his date shirt on. She's like, what's a date shirt? He's like, a clean shirt. It's some good. I like Fernando. Yeah, so he's like, okay, I'll go check in his room. His backpack's gone. He's in Florida with his parents. She's like, damn it. She's like, whatever. So she calls him in Florida and leaves like a sad little voicemail and he doesn't get back to her. Cut to the next day. She gets a call from the very West Wing mayor who's like signing papers while she's on the phone. She's walking and signing. And when... Uh, Abby picks up the phone. It's like, please hold for the mayor. It's like, the mayor can't even be bothered to dial the effing phone. Like, why is the mayor so busy? Do they not have 
maybe the town doesn't have a big enough budget for administrators, so the mayor has to do all the tasks. Yeah, but she has like 12 assistants. Those are the administrators, essentially. <laughs> Maybe those are the 12 city employees. It could be. It looked like a pretty big building. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's hard. Why is she so busy? She's very busy and very important. I feel like some people make themselves appear busy. Mm, Maybe yeah. it's, she's one I of those I had a boss people. like that once. Oh, it was very funny. Man. He would, like, put on this show, like, packing up his work for the weekend. I'm like, you didn't do anything all week. You're not going to do anything over the weekend. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Uh, she always like busy people. Yeah, like shuffling all the boxes around. Whatever. <laughs> we all like, know you're a all right, lazy person. Weekend. I'm gonna go home and not do work because I do all my work during the week. Yeah, she's probably like signing and walking things in the hallway, but the second she gets in her office, she turns on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, she turns on Christmas Inheritance. Let's a rip. They make sure to say it numerous times to show that she is diverse. This is a very diverse town. It is great. She goes over. Oh, the deal is with the phone call. She wants Abby to come over and take photos. Yeah, photos of her family. Yeah. She's like, I don't care about your other work. I just want you to take pics of my family. So she goes over to her house, takes some really nice pics. The mayor says, we'll be calling you again to do this soon. Without ever seeing the photos. No, she has no idea if they're all blue and wiggly. But she's the only photographer in town with a nice camera. Even though there's a camera shop, a craft camera shop, whatever. Maybe whatever. she liked the way Abby made her feel. Like she felt relaxed during the photos. While she was giving a speech by the tree lighting. All right, day 24. So we're pretty much at Christmas Eve. Calendar makes it back. Calendar. On Christmas. It does. It's in a box on her porch on Christmas. Day 25. Guess what it is? What's inside the calendar? A snowflake. That's going to become important. But then she starts having flashbacks of how the toys were actually Josh. I didn't think that was what the flashbacks were. Because the Christmas tree didn't have anything to do with Josh. No, she... No, the, the flashback is made in a way where it shows the toy and it shows how Josh was involved in that scene. It just shows how Josh was in her life. No, it shows how those toys predicted Josh, which means that the doctor was right. That she was projecting what she wanted to see with how the toys were relevant. I didn't get that out of that scene. That but... is exactly what that scene was about. I'm not trying to no but you. I'm trying to yes and you, but I really did not get that that scene. That is exactly what that scene is about. Okay, whatever. So that's a possible interpretation. <laughs> I thought she was just realizing that like Josh was there for her all along, but not necessarily that each of the ornaments had to do with Josh. That's precisely what that scene was about. No, it had to do with... It's that she misinterpreted every single one of those toys. <laughs> because what did the Christmas tree have to do with... I'm going to need to review the footage. I don't believe this. This scene's scene stood out to me i just thought she was like i see josh everywhere now because i love him it's always been him no because it did it in order with the days and it showed all the toys and it focused in on the items in the scene that had to do with the toys okay well anyway a back panel falls off of the calendar and there's a little piece of paper folded up in there with a handwritten note handwritten note 527 Main Street, Christmas, 8 p.m. And then uh, Abby goes back and visits Grandpa. And is Grandpa a matchmaker? Is that I what think so. The, the note that I have is, how far will Grandpa go to pull for Josh? Like, he is... Yeah, like, there's some mention that, like, Grandpa got the calendar back. Like, he was the anonymous buyer. Mm-hmm. But then, like, did he give it to Josh then? Or did he... Well, Grandpa never denies make... anything. But I feel... But he also never confirms anything. Never confirms anything, but I feel that at this point, I feel that Grandpa orchestrated the entire movie. Like, he set everything up. He was the one pulling the strings the entire time. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Because he knows that Josh is a good guy. 
was like, yes, he's back. This is someone who I want in my family. But wait, like Josh Surprise came back on the first and he was going to give her the calendar anyway. That but, would be a pretty quick flip for him to be like, oh, I got to go get that calendar out of my car. coordinated with him. I mean, there's modern technology for people to get a hold of each yeah, other. Yeah, but like how close are Grandpa and Josh? They seem pretty close because they always eat cookies. They do always eat cookies, but I've also eaten cookies with a lot of people that I am not close with. <laughs> they seem pretty chummy. I don't know. It's not like a fully... It's a half-baked theory, I think. There's enough evidence. A three-quarters baked, if you will. (laughs) All right. Either the the calendar is magic or Grandpa is just orchestrating the entire thing. And there could be more evidence for that coming up. Josh and Abby meet at Main Street. She realizes, like, it was always you because she had that, like, flash of all the calendar items. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't believe I didn't notice. And he was like, well, what was in the calendar today? And she's like, snowflake. And it's pouring the snow. Like, it's so Mm -hmm. perfect. And he's like, I got a surprise for you. And then they walk into the space. The space that she's wanted as her storefront. Uh, Josh bought the building. Yeah. With the help of his parents and Gramps put in a good word. And also his travel blog made a lot of money. Yeah, apparently he's rich AF. Like he didn't need the elf job. Yeah. And Abby never read any of the travel blog or doesn't know anything about it. Well, I think she probably didn't want to read about his girlfriend. So she was just like, blah, 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 whatever. Maybe. But if we go back to the theme where Grandpa is teaching Abby about like not just doing nice things, but like understanding somebody this is where she has fallen short this guy's her best friend she didn't read his travel blog he's done so much for her he bought her boots in italy and all she did was take 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 yep she's just taking not giving but i mean i don't know if you've been friends that long and you really have assumed that you're both mutually in the friend zone maybe just mixed signals he also did not really go for what he wanted should have been more assertive well anyway they love each other fast forward to a year later it's called uh oh So they say, uh, I love you to each other. Yeah. But the first thing that they do, you'd think would be a kiss. Mm -hmm. But no, they take a selfie. Why do you take a selfie? Because they're photographers and that's how they express love. Yeah, and she has like a sweet little tear coming down her face. It's cute. So this selfie is saved for the following Christmas. Yep, where they have an open house at her studio, which is called uh, Magical Calendar. Right? Maybe. And uh, there's that selfie on the mantle. And every, and then they go up in front of everybody and say, they say, we have, a, we have an announcement. And I love how they do this because you're thinking they're getting married. They're moving in together. They're having a baby. None of those things. What's the announcement? Merry Christmas. This movie does not want to be cliche. And I like that about it. I like that it's different. I like it too. Maybe they got married in that year in between. We don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the best part. They're happy. That's all. They're happy. And that's all that matters because traditional constructs are not necessarily right for everyone. And the calendar is glowing at the end because it's so happy. And because it's magical and it's not just mythical and it's not just a construct of grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all in all, great movie. Great movie. But what would be your rating? So I would give this four and a half Christmas trees. It's not a full five. And I'll tell you why. The whole conflict with, like, the deleted photos was stupid. I know they needed to come up with some sort of turning point drama, but I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would have put in its place as a writer, but... Yeah, I, I give it four Santa emojis okay. for the same reason. Halfway through the movie, I'm like, this is going to be a solid five. Yeah, five like, I'm feeling plus. good. I'm feeling great. This is so fun. And then all of a sudden, the mayor's photographer is sick, and it just, like, doesn't feel right. And there's just some sloppiness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it kind of gets itself together, but solid four. All right.
Katrina. Yes. What does this movie teach you about Christmas? Oh, man. Um, the magic of Christmas brings people together. That's what it teaches me. What does it teach you, Algus? There's no place like friend zone for the holidays. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it might be in the public domain. I feel like that was like an Andy Williams exclusive. I don't know. Well, anyway, next we're going to do Christmas Prince 2 to finish out our season. Um, Are we? Or. Huh. Oh, you wanted to do like El Camino? Well, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of movies still out there. Right, but not like Netflix created. There's only like two or three more. And they're not romance. I want to stay in the vein of romance. We'll have to go through the movies and see what happens. I think it needs to be Christmas Prince 2. That's what the people want. Or we can just surprise them and go home. It's not Hallmark and Chill. By the way, I think it was on this podcast. I saw it when I searched, and I was like, uh-oh.